Hey everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Road to Revolution podcast, My Journey with Linkin Park. I am your host, Billy Archiello, and I'm so glad you're joining me for another week of this, because I've missed doing this, and this is the second one in a row, so this is uh, this is great. I'm happy to be doing this again. Um, I also just like talking in general, so um, uh, the more I'm cooped up in the house, uh, the more I can talk into a microphone, and the happier I'll be about it. Um, I know a few friends at least have listened to the most recent episode and uh, got some cool feedback. Just nice to have people listening to it and, you know, reacting to it, just saying, hey, that was cool. Or, hey, do you still talk to this person you mentioned? Or, hey, what was that like? So it's really cool. Uh, You know, there's like 12 people that have listened to it so far, but um, I'm not doing it because people are going to listen. I'm doing it because I like I want to record these stories. So, you know, years from now, um, when God forbid, I don't remember these stories. I'll have them recorded. Um, that's part of the reason I love the idea of podcasts is they become like a, a verbal uh, history uh, of events and things like that. Um, that's why I've done one uh, podcast with friends um, that I'll just go back and listen to. Um, not because I think we're funny or I think they're good, but because I can go back and listen to them and say, oh, okay, that's what we were doing um, at that point in our lives or that's what we were talking about. That's what we were into. So uh, I just love that idea. So that's why I'm going to keep doing this until uh, I run out of shows. And then who knows what I'll do. Maybe maybe I'll start talking about all the shows I've been to. Maybe maybe that's the logical step after the Linkin Park shows because that'll cover 34 episodes, maybe less. Maybe some shows might combine into other shows just because of you know shorter episodes. But um, eventually I'm going to get to a point where I'm at a Linkin Park shows and then what do I talk about? Um, but uh, at this year pending coronavirus canceling every concert I planned on going to this year, um, I am going to hit my 300th concert ever. Um, I'm actually recording this on March 31st, uh, 2020. And so that means tomorrow, April 1st, 2020, is the 20-year anniversary of me going to my first concert, which was Corn and Stained. It was the Sick and Twisted tour in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, and it was incredible. It just completely blew my mind and set me up for a life of loving concerts and music. And um, I'm, I'm, I just can't believe I've been going to concerts for 20 years now. Uh, and, you know, let alone coming up on my 300th show. I think uh, the most recent one I did, I saw Bill Murray, not the actor. Uh, there's a band called Bill Murray, uh, B-I-L-M-U-R-I. That I saw here in Orlando recently. Uh, just a couple weeks ago before we all start staying in, uh, indoors because of the coronavirus. Um, so then that, I believe that was show number 296. So we're closing in. Um, I have currently, I have tickets for at least four or five more shows um, between things that have been postponed and things I had tickets for later in the year. So I'm going to hit it this year. So long as things don't get canceled or, you know, uh, worse, who knows? Um, but anyway, we'll, 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 we'll deal with the other concerts, uh, once we finish all the Lincoln Park ones, cause you know, it's taken me this long to get through, uh, today's, uh, show will be number 11 of my Lincoln Park journey. So, um, probably shouldn't count my chickens before they're hatched. Um, let's get through the, the 34 Lincoln Park shows. Uh, and then we can talk about other shows, which will also include, um, Dead by Sunrise and Fort Minor and Mike Shinoda on his own when he's not Fort Minor, um, and STP with Chester Bennington. So there's there's um, other shows to talk about in the Lincoln Park universe, and then then that's when we'll move on to other shows. But before we can think way, way ahead in the future about that, we got to talk about our next show, 
on this Lincoln Park adventure. And that one is at the PNC Bank Art Center in Homedale, New Jersey. It was on July 30th, 2004. Now you might think, man, that's that's really soon after the last show you did a podcast about. And that is correct. It was the next day. So Friday night was the 29th in Boston or Mansfield, Massachusetts. And then Saturday was in Homedale, New Jersey. Um, for reference, I lived in Queens, New York at the, during this time period. So Boston slash Mansfield was about four, four and a half hours away. Um, and Homedale, New Jersey, probably about 45 minutes to an hour, I'd say. Um, I went to a ton of shows at the Homedale venue, um, which I, I've talked about before. I, I saw Lincoln Park uh, at this venue previously on OzFest in 2001, so we have talked about it before. But now we're going to talk about them headlining at this venue on the same tour we talked about previously, the Project Revolution 2004 tour. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to do the whole rundown, but, you know, Corn, uh, Snoop Dogg, Lesson Jake, The Used, etc. Um, now, here's a, a funny little story about uh, the stupidity of, at that time, I, this was 17-year-old me. Well, I'd won a meet and greet for this show via the Lincoln Park Underground, which I was very excited about. Now, my friend Smitty, who I went to the show with, did not. Um, he was also going to the show with his girlfriend. So the three of us drove over to the venue together. And when we got there, I said, hey, I got to swing by the box office or we'll call to pick up my meet and greet pass. You guys go ahead inside and I'll just meet you when, when I get in. They said, okay. So they went in and went to go watch some of the second stage bands because the main stage hadn't opened yet. And I went up to the box office and uh, I was like, hey, I have to pick up a meet and greet pass. They said, okay, great. Just give me your ID. And I reached in my pocket and there was no ID. Uh, my wallet did not have an ID in it. Uh, I was freaking out. I have no idea where it went. Um, I'm, I just don't know what to do. Um, you know, I was like, let me at least go back to my car. Maybe it fell out in the car. So I go back to the car, which if you've ever been to the PNC Bank Art Center, getting to your car from the venue can be a hike because it, the, it's a big venue. Uh, I want to say it's like a 15, 20,000 person amphitheater, um, ha, you know, half outdoors, half indoors, New Jersey. And parking is all over the place. You can park right out front of the venue, but you got to get there super early or pay a premium. If you don't want to pay a premium and get there early, you're parking either down this huge long trail and this giant parking lot, the other end of the trees next to the venue, or you're kind of going underneath the highway to the next um, parking area which is a weird thing to do on foot, but uh, that was the official way they had parking set up over there. So when we first got there, I was in the beyond the trees parking. So I took that hike back there by myself and I go to my car and I, I start, start taking a look around. I'm looking under seats. I'm looking in compartments. I'm pulling everything apart and there is no ID. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Cause the next step is I drive back to my dad's house. Now, uh, my dad lived about half an hour, 45 minutes away from the venue, so a little bit closer than where I lived. But my friend Smitty and his girlfriend, they lived in the same town as my dad. So it was a shorter trip um, to there because we had met at my dad's house and then left from there. So I drove back to my dad's house, and the whole time I'm just angry because now I'm missing bands. I'm missing Funeral for a Friend, who I really, really grew to love that summer, and, and seeing them all those times on that tour was a super exciting thing for me. But I, I had to miss them that day. And I get back to my dad's house finally after like 45 minutes and dealing with traffic and people. This is a Saturday in New Jersey in the summer. So you're dealing with all sorts of traffic. And I get back there and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm tearing my room apart. And I'm tearing 
um, everything apart. You know, the clothes I wore the day before, my bag, um, looking in the basement, in the attic, in the bathrooms, in the garage, like anywhere that it could possibly be. Don't find it. I go to grab my phone out of my pocket to call Smitty to say, hey, um, I, I'm going to be on my way back shortly. I don't have my ID, so I'm going to have to miss the meet and greet. But I, I still have my ticket, so I'll, I'll just get to the venue and I'll meet you guys. And... When I go to grab my phone, my ID was in my pocket with my phone, and I, I guess it was stuck behind my phone, and I didn't realize it was there. This was 2004, so you know people weren't glued to their phones. Phones were kind of a not a not a necessity, but a, a um, an in case of emergency type deal. So it was in my pocket, and I wasn't like taken out of my pocket every five seconds to check for a text or notification or anything like that. So. I didn't even think to look in there. I said, oh no, my phone's in there. That's it. So like the idiot I was, I drove back and forth from the venue to my house and then back to the venue. And my ID was in my pocket the whole time. So I finally get back to the venue. I'm like, all right, at least silver lining here. I, I lost an hour and a half of my day, but I got my ID and I didn't miss the meet and greet. That's not going to happen for a little bit. So I park again. Now this time I'm parked un under the highway area thing I mentioned earlier. Um, and I'm hiking it back over to the venue and I get inside uh, to Will Call and I go up, I give him my ID and uh, they're like, yeah, here's your pass. Go right ahead. And I said, okay, great. Finally, things are going right. So I get inside and I have some time to kill. So I go watch uh, one of the another one of the second stage bands. Um, I don't remember who it was at this point. Um, and then I try to call Smitty and his girlfriend and I can't get in touch with them. Um, I don't know if their phones were dead or the signal was bad, but I just couldn't get a hold of them. I couldn't find them. So I am walking around, just kind of like bumming around until it's time for my meet and greet. And I see a sign that says, um, ticket upgrades inquire at the box office. So. I go over to the box office and if, if you were already in the venue, you can leave if you were going to upgrade your ticket. So I go up and like, hey, yeah, no re-entry. So no, I'm going to upgrade. They said, okay, no problem. So I go up to the box office and said, hey, uh, I saw the sign inside that says about upgrades. And I said, oh yeah, we have um, upgrades if you're um, you know seated in one of the back sections or in the lawn, which we were in the lawn for this. We didn't get great tickets, but we didn't care. We were going to be at the show anyway. So they're like, yeah, we have... Um, how many do you need? And I said, um, just one, you know, I, I can't find my friends and I figure if I'm going to be at the show by myself, might as well have a better seat. So they say, yeah, no problem. So, um, we have eighth row in the center, uh, for $20 more than what your ticket is right now. And I said that done, done deal here, here's my 20 bucks. So they give me row H in the dead center and I'm set. I go back inside and I'm like, I got a seat now. I don't got to worry about, you know, finding a good spot on the lawn. I'm in the eighth row. I'm, I'm way closer than I would have been. Not as close as the night before. We were in the front row, but that front row is what spoiled me because now I had been front row at a Lincoln Park concert and I needed to keep doing it or as close as I could be. Because once you've been up there, uh, there's no going back. You know, if, 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 if you have to be in the back or further away during one of those shows after you've been up front, it feels like you're slumming it. You're like, I'm not getting the full experience anymore. So I'm in the eighth row. This is great. And I'm like, all right, well, I watched Less Than Jake and The Used and now it's time for meet and greet, which luckily was coinciding with Snoop Dogg. So I did not have to sit through him again because as I mentioned in the previous episode, he's good once, but 
it's just the same thing and it gets boring real quick. So go to the meet and greet. And now for the meet and greet, I'm really excited because I've met Lincoln Park before at this point. I met them at the Meteor World Tour, as I mentioned, and I met them at OzFest a few years earlier. And then I met Chester and Rob in uh, 2001 um, at their Roseland show in New York. So it's, you know, it's been a little bit since I've met them last, well, a couple of months, but I was excited to do it again because this time I had the uh, cassette tape from their demo when they were zero, um, the first incarnation of the band before they became Hybrid Theory. And zero was even before Chester. So it was very exciting um, to get this signed because they were just, you know, I'm, I'm sure they didn't see many of these. So to have them sign it, it was like, they're like, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, oh my God, this is so cool. Uh, you know, thanks for bringing this to get it signed. Um, you know, whatever stupid illusions or fantasies, you know, teenage me had, I was like, oh, you know, they'll see me have this cool thing and they'll sign it and then they'll remember me. I mean, they did for other reasons on this tour, good reasons, not bad, weird reasons. Like, ah, oh, is that weird kid again? Uh, they did re- start remembering me after this tour one, cause I was there at, at a lot of the shows and two, cause something really cool happened at one of the shows, which we'll talk about in a few episodes. And they signed the tape and they, you know, they're like, Oh, did you get this? And I was like, Oh, I got it online. And they said, Oh, this is really cool. And I was like, is it real? And so, oh, yeah, this is real. This is one of the ones we made. Cause it wasn't the, it wasn't the traditional cover art there was for it. There were two different versions of that tape. The one, the main one that people knew had like this weird looking baby or face or person on it. Not the hybrid theory EP one, but a different one. And it was a kind of purplish. And I think I can't remember exactly the colors, but that was the main one. It was like a plastic and, and color version. And then the one I had, the uh, insert was made out of plain paper. It was like a printed out a picture of a shopping cart, if I remember correctly. And uh, the tape had four songs. And they all signed it in a silver Sharpie. And it was amazing. I was so happy to have it. Um, so, they, yeah, they were all, they, you know, they were excited to see that because a lot of people weren't bringing that to the meet and greet. So I was kind of right in my assumption early on. But... After the great meet and greet experience, I'm just super excited. I'm on cloud nine because I just got to meet my favorite band again and I got a cool item signed. And now I was like, all right, well, I missed Snoop Dogg. So now it's time to go watch Corn, And then it is time to go watch Lincoln Park. So I'm back in my seat. And I, I want to say it's during Corn that um, the people next to me arrive and sit down. And lo and behold, it is my cousin, Barbara Rose. Uh, which I'm just like, what, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't even know she liked that kind of music. So I was just so confused by this. Um, and just both of us were flabbergasted. We're like, how in the world did we end up sitting next to each other at this show? So I tell her my story of that. I just upgraded my ticket that day and they gave me this one seat. Like I didn't even pick it. This is the one they had. And she told me she won this pair of tickets off the radio. So her and her, her friend or boyfriend at the time went and uh, they went to the show and I got to experience the Lincoln Park show with them that night, which was even cooler because uh, there was a surprise at this show, uh, different than previous uh, shows on this tour. Um, it's actually the only time this happened on that tour. Um, it happened a week before the tour at a secret show in California. And if you know your Lincoln Park history, you know what I'm about to say. Um, but before we do that, let's let's jump into the set list because the set list will set up what we're talking about. So the set list is mostly the same 
um, with the changes coming towards the end. But I'll run through the, the main bulk of it first really quick. Uh, you know, don't stay, paper cut, points of authority, with you, run away, and then the hip-hop medley of step up, nobody's listening, and it's going down. Um, Somewhere I Belong, figure nine, from the inside, breaking the habit, numb, in the end. And then you know, they close out their main set with a place for my head. Uh, and then they go into their encore, which was crawling, and then wish, again, the Nine Inch Nails cover. And this is where the surprise kicks in, because about a month or month and a half, two months before this, a lot of the radio stations around the country, um, at least I know for sure in New York, because I heard it myself, but I know probably around the country we're doing the same thing. There was a mashup going around of One Step Closer and 99 Problems by Jay-Z. And it took off like wildfire. It became this huge thing. People loved it. Um, but this wasn't done by the band or Jay-Z. This was done by a random DJ that was like, oh, I can mash these two things up and they sounded good. Well, Linkin Park and Jay-Z kind of ran with that idea that uh, they, I think they partnered with MTV for a secret show in California and they re-recorded or re- they recorded an EP where they mashed up and re-recorded six songs together. Um, and they did this secret show and nobody knew except for the people that went to the show. Like it wasn't really widely talked about even after that, because this was what eventually became collision course, which was released later in the year. Um, but at this show in New Jersey, um, after the wish nine inch nails cover, Jay-Z comes out and he joins them for dirt off your shoulder slash lying from you, uh, big pimp and slash paper cut and gigawatt slash faint. Now this was a long time ago, so I don't hundred percent know the accuracy of this set list because the place where I normally get my set lists, which is LP live shout out as always. Um, even they're not sure. Um, they think Jay-Z might've been out there through one step closer as well, which would make sense. They did do a mashup of that too, but they they don't know. There's no video of that show really. Um, and I don't remember, I remember Jay-Z being there and doing a couple of songs. I just don't remember if he did three or four, but regardless, they closed with one step closer, might've been with Jay-Z might not, but that was the set list. And for Jay-Z to come out, and at this point, people didn't know that this was going to be a thing. They didn't know about the secret show. They didn't know about Collision Course. All they knew was there's this mashup on the radio, and suddenly Jay-Z showed up at this Linkin Park show, and there's more mashups. It just blew people's minds. And being 2004 and cameras weren't big deal yet, you know, the little pocket point-and-shoots or camera phones, um, which is something I will talk about more soon because that plays a huge role in a story three or four episodes from now. But with that not being a thing, before this show, I just went and bought a point-and-shoot like disposable camera, like a Kodak, whatever, you know, 24-picture um, 24 camera. So I had and they're somewhere in a box at my mom or dad's house. I can't remember where at this point, but I had a bunch of pictures that I'd taken from the show, including like Jay-Z showing up. And I was close. Like at one point they let people like you know, Mike or Chester were like, everybody come down. So if you were in the first like 10 rows and you can get down towards the stage, like they were trying to get people near the stage for more energy and stuff. So of course I ran down. So I was right up there and I had some really good pictures and I was close to like all of them like I was back in the front row for a few minutes which was really cool and especially I'd be close like Jay-Z and then Mike and Chester again and the whole band so it was awesome but I got all those pictures developed and this is back when you had to get you know 
get them developed at like a Dwayne Reed or a Walgreens or a CVS and do the 24 hour photo or the one hour photo some places had. And I brought him in and uh, the guy was like, yeah, we'll do one hour. Um, come back, you know, come back later this afternoon. They'll be ready. So, okay. So I come back and, uh, guys like, Hey, um, you're picking up pictures, right? I say, yeah. He goes, um, we're not like supposed to look at your pictures or like talk to you about your pictures. And I said, yeah, I know. And he was like, but is that Jay-Z in your pictures? And I said, yeah. He was like, man, where'd you see Jay-Z? Like, I didn't think he was doing shows, uh, recently. And, uh, I said, no, he, um, he showed up at the Lincoln park show last night. And this dude was like, I, why? Like he couldn't understand why, why he would pop up at their show. So, uh, he was, he was as surprised as all of us were at that show, but I always thought that was a cool little story. Like this dude was like, cause apparently it's like a rule. Like if you get pictures developed, which is now such a foreign thing because of camera phones and digital cameras and everything's instant, you know, you have to take, you have to take your film into a store and get it processed and they print out the pictures for you. But this dude, like apparently it's the thing, like you, you're not allowed to look at people's pictures. And if you do, like, you're not allowed to like talk to the person about their pictures. Cause it's like an invasion of privacy or something. Um, but yeah, he was just like, I, I didn't know. I love Jay-Z. I didn't know he was doing shows. And I was like, yeah, but you know, it, it already happened. So I can't give you more information. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, that is the Jersey show uh, at the PNC Bank Art Center on July 30th, 2004. Um, that one was a good one to talk about. I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of stories, a lot of little tidbits, a surprise. Um, I almost feel bad uh, going into the next one for the next episode because that one wasn't as eventful. Like it was another state um, and, you know, a little story here or there, but it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't nearly as eventful as this one or the two that follow uh, the Connecticut show. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll roll, maybe, maybe episode 12 or episode 11, I should say, will cover the Connecticut show and the New York show. Cause I feel like we can get a decent length episode out of that. So I think that's what we'll do. The next one we'll talk about Connecticut on July 31st. And then we will talk about New York on August the 2nd. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, those who've listened uh, to the newest episode uh, before this, I thank you guys so much. It's really cool that uh, to be doing this again and have people listen. It's a handful of you guys, you know, it's a, it's appreciated. Uh, I appreciate it, but, um, but yeah, enough of me rambling. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode talking about Connecticut and New York on the project revolution 2004 tour. But until next time, my name is Billy Archiello and this has been my road to revolution. <laughs>